Hey everyone, Joe Shu here, founder of Crypto Consulting Institute. I've got my head analyst, I always point the wrong way with me, uh, but more exciting, I can point correctly this time, uh, <laughs> James uh, Checkmate, as you'll probably know him as, or Checkmatey uh, on Twitter, who is the main man behind the scenes of Glassnode. He's the lead analyst over there. If you've read or seen any of his work, you'll realize why I'm so excited to interview him slash have a, a general conversation with him alongside Sammy today. Uh, without a doubt, his work is second to none. If you're not too familiar with Glassnode, Glassnode is an incredible website that you can go to, and it's got a ton of on-chain metrics. If you're really new and you don't know what on-chain is, the incredible thing about cryptocurrency is everything's held on a blockchain. And with that blockchain, there's a ton of data, all the past transactions. You can take that and input it into some meaningful charts to get some incredible analysis for predictions of where we're currently at, where we've been in the past and where we're going to go in the future. Um, probably hashed up a, an explanation. I'm sure you could have probably done a better job than me there, James E, but... I like to keep things very PG and, and simple for people to understand because I know that there's a lot of people that are getting into this space. They find it incredibly overwhelming. We get that feedback all the time, given what we do. And um, so it's nice just to give people, I guess, baby steps and paint a clear picture. And maybe if we could keep that theme for this chat as well, so we don't dive too deep down the rabbit hole and overwhelm anyone, including ourselves, because uh, I'm sure you've got a lot of knowledge up there that... Uh, yeah, that's very um, interesting and intriguing for people to understand. So welcome, mate. Really appreciate your time. Great to have you here. No, thanks, gents. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, certainly looking forward. And this is kind of my uh, my game. I actually like keeping it quite simple and, you know, tell people the narrative mm -hmm. and, and help people understand the why. Because um, when you understand the why of something, um, you know, all the details kind of come once you have that foundational rock. So uh, let's let's explore it. Yeah, nice. So I think uh, maybe an obvious question, an easy one to get started out of the gate is um, really understanding where we're at in the grand scheme of maybe four year cycles or the, the whole of the crypto journey and what you see coming forward. I think from our perspective, 2023 has been obviously a great start to the year, which is primarily narrative driven of AI from what we can see, um, quite irregular in terms of the movements. And also the, the macro environment started to warm up slightly, but now the, there seems to be a slight shift and there's uh, UFOs, which are asking opinion on that later, uh, flying around in the, the international space. That was my question. That's <laughs> <laughs> Ask that one later, uh, but where do you see where where we're at right now, and maybe what on-chain metrics are you using to determine that? Yeah, totally. No, it's, it, it is an interesting topic, and um, I always look at Bitcoin. Uh, you know, I spend a lot of time understanding what's going on with Bitcoin at the on-chain level, and what the reason I do that is that Bitcoin. I think we'd all agree it's, it's emerged onto the scene as a macro asset, right? It now trades and moves. Uh, it is now large enough that it can be considered for trades, for investments, um, as a you know a hedge against currency debasement and monetary policy and things like this. Um, and as a result, it's going to trade in both directions. So what we see in the behavior patterns, um, which is really what the on-chain data is capturing in aggregate, it's you know thousands to millions of people a day interacting with, transacting, and basically expressing their opinion on the market with respect to BTC. So um, obviously 2022 was a pretty brutal year for anybody who had a single dollar invested in anything, maybe except oil. Um, and, you know, it, it's one of those things where the market hit a turning point. We saw inflation into the market. 
um, interest rate hikes, and a lot of these things took the investing uh, market by by surprise. Um, we also had an enormous amount of deleveraging that happened, um, particularly in the crypto industry. Um, Bitcoin suffered because it was a large collateral asset um, in the sense that people had borrowed against it, lent against it. We had some unfortunate Ponzi schemes blowing up. So it really was a, a, a full-fledged um, 2008-style crisis within the crypto ecosystem. So if that's kind of the backdrop, we've seen an enormous purging of debt, of leverage, um, lots of companies that were doing, you know, malfeasance. In many ways, it's been a bit of a free market forest fire, which is going to be healthy and sets the market up for a, a healthier um, path forward. Um, there's also a lot of stuff that's still evolving. In fact, today alone is just another one of these days where there's news coming out every every five minutes. Um, you know, the SEC is starting to step in. We're starting to see more regulations. And, and all of this comes off the back of that deleveraging. They've seen... Um, tokens that were misused. They've seen stable coins like expand to hundreds of billions of dollars. Um, so the regulators are starting to have that momentum to do something about it. Um, so all of that kind of behavior, macro regulation, all these things are kind of happening as the backdrop. Now, with that said, if you kind of then pair it back and say, okay, what, what is going on with the Bitcoin network? So Generally speaking, if I kind of detail out what a structure of, of Bitcoin cycles look like, it does tend to perform in these four-year cycles. And of all the narratives that came and went, the one that everybody said was dead was the four-year cycle. And it's one of the only narratives by my account that survived this whole purging. So it seems to be still operating to, for whatever reason. But at a very high level, what creates these four-year cycles? Well, the first thing is that Bitcoin is a new asset, new technology, um, and it has a very interesting kind of like gold, um, kind of like some stocks, but I don't think to any other extent, Bitcoin has a set of holders, the hodlers, who are going absolutely nowhere. There is nothing you will do that will shake their conviction. They have full-scale belief that this thing is going to change the world in many positive ways, um, and I would consider myself in that cohort. Now, those hodlers also are pretty experienced. They understand how Bitcoin moves. They're used to the volatility, um, but they also understand that it goes through cycles. So what you tend to have is these strong hands typically come in towards bear markets. And they're the ones who are saying, you know, it's down 75, 80% from the highs. This is an opportunity, right? I've been kind of waiting for this moment. Um, this is the point to actually step in. Now, what that really represents is all of the speculators and the, the traders and the people who came in just for number go up, they get purged out in late stage bear markets. And the cool thing about this is this is not Bitcoin specific. This happens for all assets. It's been happening. This is why we can chart the 1920s and many of the same chart patterns still exist today. So um, we see this transfer of wealth from, let's call them the inexperienced or the, the speculative money, transfers back to the hodlers. And you know you may have heard in, in kind of the traditional finance world that bear markets transfer stock back to their rightful owners. That's the process that we see. Um, and the exact opposite takes place during bull markets. Those smart money who are buying in the bear and they weather all the volatility, they are the ones who distribute to the new hands during those euphoric tops. And you kind of get this saturation. At bull market tops, you have a saturation with brand new holders. They're the most sensitive to price. Price goes down, they're the most likely to sell. At very at, at market bottoms, you start seeing the exact opposite. You have the most price insensitive holder base. They are people who do not care about the price of Bitcoin. They just see it down 75% and they see opportunity. Yep. So bring it back to where we kind of are in this cycle and what I'm looking at moving forward. 
we've certainly, and again, no one can predict the future, but when we kind of compare Bitcoin cycles um, over time, there's things like how much did the, you know, if you kind of take the average of everyone's buy price um, of Bitcoin, there's a certain amount of unrealized loss that people can handle. At some point, people get tired of looking all the red in their portfolio and they just puke it out, except for the hodlers, right? They're willing to weather. It's like a threshold of pain. And we hit many of those like unrealized loss. The amount of red held in Bitcoin holder portfolios hit on an aggregate scale almost the same level as previous cycles. Um, we've also seen a transfer of wealth where all of those hot coins that were bought by speculators, they got transferred down. You saw the FTX be that kind of final capitulation level. Um, and where we are in the moment, it's, it certainly appears we've put in at the very least some kind of significant low. Uh, whether it's the final low kind of remains to be seen. If we compare it to previous cycles like 2015 or 2019, I mean, 2019, we went from 4K to 14K and then back to 4K. So, it, it, and that was over a year long period. So, this kind of call it a transitional phase. It's where that first significant low has been put in and market psychology changed. The FTX event kind of, in my view, FTX ended the previous cycle. And markets are all about psychology. So, the, the people who are investing in Bitcoin saw a shockwave and it changed like, you know, crypto was dead for for a decade was the narrative. It was over for 10 years. And, you know, you rally up to 23K and suddenly people are like, oh, wow, we're back. So it kind of shows how quickly that reset can happen. Um, but in this transitional phase, some things I'm looking for and something that's quite exciting, you know, you've seen these ordinals and new, new, new stuff is happening with Bitcoin. At the core level, the price is kind of sideways and in a bear market trend. But we're seeing more more addresses. We're seeing more transactions. We're seeing more, not quite volume yet, but we're seeing the network start to come back to life from a period of very, very depressed levels. And this is kind of typical. You generally see in this transitional period, you kind of get the shakeout, all the losses get locked in, and then the market moves into that hodler dominated. There's not much coin flow. There's not many coins moving around, but stuff starts to wake up and the network comes back to life. So they're a lot of the on-chain activity metrics and things that I'm looking for to give it that kind of healthy tailwind. Um, and just to illustrate that for one last point, you know, I like to take things to the extreme because it informs the mean. If nobody is using Bitcoin, it's probably not a very good sign. If more, if everyone's using it and blocks are congested and it's jam-packed full of transactions, it's probably a great sign. So somewhere as that grades between those two different extremes is telling you about the underlying currents. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the, the main thing I'm paying attention to at the moment. Nice. And we actually looked at um, one year plus hodlers today, 67%, which is, I think it's at the all time high, the highest it's ever been, which is shows and demonstrates the conviction exactly like you said of the long term holders, uh, which is fascinating through these periods. And it is like any market, but it just seems more so in crypto than any other market that I've invested in before. The transition of wealth from the uninformed to the informed happens so quickly. And that's why I'm such yes. a big believer in education and what you guys do as well, helping people to understand the insights so they don't fall into the trap that most inexperienced investors do. And people lose so much money in this space because they are very emotional, reactional, um, and looking at the green and red candles rather than actually focusing on what is happening. So some really good insights there. 